Welcome everyone to season four of the TLDR podcast and episode, total episodes 154, uh, which will be the amount of strokes that I hit when the four of us play golf next weekend. Um, welcome. Yes. Episode 154. We have the full cast and crew today. Traden has his picture fixed behind him. Traden, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well. Um, you know, not, I, I've been playing a lot of golf myself and shooting close to 150. So it's okay. I mean, even <laughs> if you golf a lot, it doesn't matter. Uh, everyone is going to be shitty. So, uh, that's okay. Uh, it was funny. <laughs> James had asked me like if I've been following the NHL draft stuff and you know obviously it's tomorrow for those who don't know I haven't and quite frankly I have been so out of the loop with hockey for the past two three weeks and I guess that's because I kind of sick of it for a little bit and I know that's crazy to hear but I don't know if you guys kind of feel that after your sports like once they're done it's like okay like can, can it breathe a little bit I don't know if you guys have that but I, I certainly I am right now. I just want a break. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I definitely liked a little break from basketball, and then trades just started happening, and I was like, "Well, I guess we're still yeah. talking about basketball." And, so, and now, the, and now the trades are starting to happen. So, yeah. there's something. It's just, just go away a little bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I feel that, James. I saw you last Friday. I don't know. That was like three days ago. Now I can't remember. But in the three or four days since I've seen you, how are you doing? I'm I'm good, man. I actually had a lot of fun hanging out with you on Friday. Did some karaoke for the first time in my life, so that was fun. Uh, drank beers, a lot of beers. Played some games, you know, it was good. Um, yesterday, I golfed the trading out of the blue. I don't know. It was kind of like Monday morning. He texted me. It's like, you want to golf? And I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Had a terrible front nine. Had a better back nine. Beat trading by one stroke. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It's It's been a good couple of days, though. Good. Good to hear it. Uh, Tyler, you took one for the team hanging out Friday night and had to get up early, um, and are still in North Carolina based on the background. Uh, how was that flight and how are you? Great observation skills there, Alex. Uh, yeah, flight was good. Yeah. Uh, hung out with you guys. And then like, I was just telling James before being on air, I did not sleep because by the time I got home, uh, I had to leave the airport in like two and a half hours. So I was like, fuck, I'm just going to stay out. There's no point in even trying to go to, go to sleep. So thankfully when I, when I got here, I didn't have to do anything for like 12 hours. So I pretty much just straight to bed and like slept for 12 hours. So I feel great now. I feel like I'm starting to actually, you know, catch up on East Coast time zone and all that stuff. But yeah, I'm out here doing a USA baseball camp. Uh, it's been great so far. It's always a good time to be out here in North Carolina. It's definitely a different change of pace from California. Uh, it's very, very different, but it's kind of nice to have a little bit change of scenery, uh, kind of be out here for a week or so with uh, some of the uh, best young talent in the country. So it's always a good time. Yeah, well, I appreciate you taking one for the team and hanging out with with James and I and the rest of the crew while we were out getting beers and singing and having a having a grand old time. Great. Um, but as uh, you're just going to start us off with MLB Odams, we're we're halfway or almost done with June. That's wild. So what what's going on in baseball? Yeah, we're in the thick of it, guys. Um, I mean, it's been it's a great time to be, be a baseball fan. Um, you know, this kind of this kind of time of year where it's it's really just full swing. Uh, the College World Series just wrapped up. If you guys were into that, uh, congrats to LSU uh, winning their seventh national championship over Florida in the decisive game three. It wasn't even close. It was a little bit disappointing with the scores. Like, I don't know if you guys were looking at that, but Florida won game two, like 24 to four or something. And then LSU beat Florida the next day, 18 to three or something crazy like that. So the games were not close at all, which is a little disappointing. 
Um, but none, but nonetheless, it was a great college world series overall. Uh, very entertaining to watch. But let's get into the uh, professional realm here. Uh, we're going to talk about a few different things. We're talking about umpiring. We don't talk about umpiring a lot, but there's been a lot going on in the umpiring world this year. It feels like so. We're going to talk a little bit about some recent calls that have gone down and just some kind of drama happening on that. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, a team that's been in hot that we talked about. I think it was last year, maybe two weeks ago. And but we're talking about again because I feel like they deserve a second uh, shot here. And then we got a city connect jersey to rate uh, at the end. So let's start with those umpiring uh, calls. Uh, there's been over 115 ejections so far this year in Major League Baseball. And I tried to come up with stats and see like if that's more or less. But it definitely feels like it's been more. It definitely feels a little bit more heated between players, coaches, and, and, and umpires this year. And we'll kind of get into a little bit of why we, we, we think that is. Um, just some recent controversial calls that happened in the last week or so. Uh, uh, the Rangers um, got ruled for a home plate obstruction, which was reviewed at the time and was um, um, upheld. I'm sorry, it was, it was overturned. Um, on a call, if you, if you watch the play, was not an obstruction at all by the rules, but somehow it still got it still got overturned. That caused a big a, a big stir. Uh, there was a controversial uh, block by the a Houston Astros pitcher that uh, cost them the game. Alex, you were at that game, so you'll probably have more to say about that one. Um, and then there was a, a, a call that the Nationals lost the game on with a non-call of the runner's lane rule. Um, there's a lot of different rules and a lot of different things going on. I sent a bunch of videos uh, to the guys to kind of look over and kind of see what you guys' thoughts are. Generally, my my question to you guys and kind of your thoughts, do you feel like the umpiring is a little bit worse this year? Or do you think it's just getting some over-dramatic negative attention? Kind of what are your kind of overall thoughts on the umpiring here in, in 2023? Alex, let's start with you. You were at the game with, with that Astros ball call. Yeah, so overall, I don't think the umpires are worse. I just think as social media expand and as we go through new rules changes and like the speed of the game i think there's just it's just becoming more prevalent in our in our minds um for that that astros one yeah i was at the game uh, at the time i i mean i was sitting kind of far away um so i couldn't i thought it was a initially it was like uh, I was like, okay, he either balked or it was a he he stepped off too many times. One of the new rules, um, it's like disengagement or some stupid name. Um, at the time, I didn't know what it was until like the official score came up. The balk rule is a little iffy because you know the whole thing is about you're not trying to, you know, like trick the runner, but also he did balk like, and no, he's not necessarily trying to to trick. Whom, I don't even remember whatever Dodger runner was on third base. But he did balk. So, like in the scope of the rules, yes, he balked. The runner should move up. The rule probably needs to be tweaked a little bit because I think a lot of that was like the game has changed in that aspect. Um, the so I he obviously Ryan Stanek got pissed off, uh, which was pretty funny uh, being there at, at the stadium and watching him freak out. But uh, homie, you balked. The rule is not great, but it, it, the rule is what it is. For the like the home plate ones, like the Buster Posey rules, they need to figure those out because it is confusing for everyone, especially that that Rangers one where you got it got overturned. And that seemed pretty clear to me that he still gave them a lane. Like his foot was on the plate, but there was still half the plate he could have slid into. That one was bad, and I understand the ejections there. So 
I think, and with the runner, uh, that Astros Nationals one, he was out of the baseline. The baseline rule has been very gray for a hundred years, probably. That one needs to be more, more specific. Maybe they need to just paint another line on the grass. I don't know, but <laughs> I they need to fig- they need to figure some things out. The Bach one is a weird rule, and it so rarely happens that like I don't really care about it. The home plate one needs to be fixed, or like the the wording needs to be better defined, though. Yeah, I agree with you with all those. Um, you know, I think the Astros Bach one, it was the right call. I for me, it was very entertaining. Uh, the reaction afterwards were hilarious. Um, I mean, the guy telling fifty thousand fans to shut the fuck up was probably one of the funnier uh, ejection moments I've I've seen in a while. Uh, I agree with you with the Ranger. The home plate obstruction rule is is very unclear and that one looked if especially because it got reviewed the fact that they still call that obstruction is crazy to me i still don't understand that one that one is like inexcusable and yeah with 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 the uh with the with the runner lane one that one i agree it that, that's that that one's been a rule for a long time and it's just very it's like sometimes it's called sometimes it's not it's just it's very it's very inconsistent um but james what are your kind of thoughts on all these calls and whether you think umpiring seems to be worse or the same or kind of all that stuff so I'm a relatively new baseball fan. Um, so my scope of knowledge of baseball and umpiring is relatively small, probably like five, six years max. And in those five, six years, I really do think that umpiring has gotten worse over the last five, six years. Mainly because, I mean, like all those rules you guys are talking about are great, right? Yeah. But I really wanted to focus on like the balls and the strikes that the umpires are calling because there are some pretty iffy balls and strikes that they're calling. And it's costing people games. Like on Twitter, I follow this thing called uh, Umpire Scorecards, and it'll tell you how they did after the game and how many runs they're giving to the other team. And it's crazy to look at how bad some umps are. And I honestly think it's the, re- the reason why is because eventually robot umps will come into play. So like, why do they really got to fix it now? Like, why are they trying to do this now? If eventually, they're going to get replaced by the robot ump calling balls and strikes. And on top of that, when it comes to these rules and these... uh like box and like um, baseline and home plate, the umpires don't necessarily have to be that sharp on it because replay is a thing. They can call whatever. And then at the end of the day, if a manager wants to challenge it, they challenge it. It goes out of their control. Uh, I don't know. It's New York in football. What is it in baseball? It's New York. So. Oh, also New York. It goes to New York. And then all of a sudden, like, cool. Like all the, all the pressure's off me because now it's now their call, not mine. So, do I have to be perfect? Not necessarily. Do they really want to challenge it? They could. It is what it is. Um, but I really think there should be some sort of accountability put upon them. And I don't know necessarily what that could be. Like maybe take those um scorecards that they found on Twitter and then actually use them because they're beneficial and see how they work and how like they grade out. And um, better umpires maybe get a pay raise. Terrible umpires just get kicked out of the league, like Angel Hernandez. Like maybe that should happen, right? Uh, but for the most part, man, I honestly think that the umpiring has gotten worse. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's an interesting uh, perspective. I do think the balls and strikes this year seem... I'm a little bit on the fence on that one because I feel like we've gotten so more analytical about the strike zone, which doesn't really exist. Like, there, there is... It's kind of... Every umpire's zone is a slightly different, and it's just kind of based on that. It's like the box that you see that's you know, imposed on the TV... That's not necessarily the actual strike zone. So I feel like we get a little bit more analytical about umpires nowadays than we used to be. But I will say with that being said, like, you know, when 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 the, when the ball shows up around the zone, there's a little bit of like wiggle room there if it's a ball or strike. 
but some of them this year seem like way outside, like a whole like two balls length outside. I think there was one last night that was like at least two or three balls length on the outside. It was called for 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 a strike. Um, Just real fast, Tyler. I want to respond to that real fast. Yeah. And I get that every umpire is on strike zone, but what I don't like is inconsistency. For like sure. you can call it a strike off if it's three balls off the plate, and you call it a strike. Okay, next time it's three balls off the plate, call out a strike. Yeah, like if you're calling it two balls inside as a ball, like call it as a ball next time too. Don't mess with the like all the hitters and be like, that's a ball, that's a strike when it's just arbitrary at that point. Yeah, consistency sure. is key. I think that is generally like everyone's kind of happy middle ground. Like if you're gonna call a you know a pitch that's you know outside to a righty a, a ball's length further than what you know what the strike zone technically is at least call that consistently for both teams and then player both both teams can kind of adjust to that if, if, if it's consistent if it's not consistent that's usually where people start to get pissed off uh which kind of seems to be what's happening more this year it feels like hard to really say though but trade kind of what are your whole thoughts on the whole umpire situation um <clears throat> kind of similar to what i you know i see in my own sport um i mean for the for the stuff that we're talking about now, um, you know, there, there's a couple that I think are, are of less, you know, I have less issue with, you know, um, the Bach one. I mean, I, that one. I mean, that's that's the rule. Like that is what it is. The, the issue with the here, the, the issue, the biggest one I have a problem with. The two biggest ones, I guess. And I'll and I, and I'll go back to I'll start with chains and say, uh, you know, that the, it's the inconsistency of the strike zone. I think that that's the biggest issue. It's not so much that. You know, every every ump has their own um, you know strike zone. That's fine, but then keep it consistent all the way through. Don't don't you know wish wash. And that's what you're that you see that in all different sports now. And that's and that's the biggest issue and that fans have is there's no consistency, and they are only they are actually causing this shift to you know the robot ump. They are they are forcing the hand. It's it, 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 they're get, they're getting they're replacing themselves because they just are too inconsistent for for their own good um so that that's the one the second one is the is the overturn one at the plate that one is absolutely fucking ridiculous and the reason it's fucking ridiculous is because that is a very that is a simple type of like look this is my issue with with video review is that if you're gonna first of all james you're absolutely right Umps are now, uh, umps and officials across all sports are now getting bailed out by by video review. That's that that's the case. You're seeing it off the offside call, the uh, the um, um, PI calls, the you know etc. 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 And this plate call. The problem with it with this type of play is judging by everything that they have they had seen, you know, leading up to that play, you know, happening. There needs to be conclusive evidence to overturn a call on the, on the field, in my opinion. Like th- there has to be complete, concrete, like like there's no doubt about it that the ref just did not, or the ref or the official or the ump did not see this type of situation for it to be overturned. And in that type of play, there was nothing. There was zero evidence to say that it could that it, it could possibly like it needs to be concrete and clear and concise. And it wasn't. It was a complete mess. And it, and that's the issue that I have. And that the problem is, is, is video review was supposed to help fix a lot of the issues that, you know, umps are having and officials are having in terms of missing plays. It makes it that much worse when the overturned play is the wrong call. <laughs> That's the problem. That means you're not trusting your umps and no wonder they can just fuck off then. So it's, it's an, it's, it's an absolute, and that's the issue that I have with video review across all sports. I know that we're trying to get it right. So fucking get it right then. 
and the fact that you're not, you're wasting time and you got the call wrong. Like it's, it's, it's an absolute travesty. And, and now baseball is just like every other sport, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think that, like I said, that Rangers one is, it's still a mind bog. I don't know who the person was who decided that that was the right call to make, but I think everyone else in the baseball world disagreed with him. So I don't know him or her. I, I don't know. Uh, whoever's in New York making those decisions. Um, it was just, that was that. I agree with you, Trayton. When, when you actually look at it and you have time to review and assess, it's one thing if you miss a call in the field, right? That happens everywhere. Everyone's human. It should, you know, shit goes down. But when you review it and it's clear, like I said, it's not there and it was still overturned is crazy. Um, I think like with the whole umpiring things, I think I do think that umpiring is slightly getting more negative attention. I think because it is a little bit worse, I think for a couple of reasons. The first reason is because um, there's a lot of new umpires this year. It was like the one of the largest turnover rates the MLB has had in a very long time. There, there was there was a good chunk of old veteran umpires that left, a lot of new incoming ones. So that's that's one. So so a lot of fresh kind of rookie umpires are out in in in, in the league right now. And two, with all the new rule changes, I think they have more to uh, pay attention to. And so I think some little details kind of go by the wayside, like the whole pitch clock, and they have to constantly be be, be monitoring that. I think is taking away a little bit of their focus on the strike zone, taking a little bit away of their focus on that lane rule, things like that. You know, like I said, it's their job and they need to be better at it. But I do think that there's a little bit of an adjustment period here for the umpires. Hopefully next year, all these umpires have more experience. The rules are kind of, you know, it's, it's been adjustment for everyone, not not just the umpires, but the, the, the umpires are feeling it too. So hopefully we'll see it kind of even out a little bit. But to be honest with you, the ejections and the arguing is very great entertainment for me. Um, I always enjoy watching those. Um, and the, 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 those always kind of add a little bit of uh, fun entertainment to the game that... Um, I think we haven't really seen since replay because before replay, there was a lot of ejections, a lot of arguments. I don't, I don't think I've seen this consistent ejections since before video replay was uh, became a leak. But um, yeah, so I don't know what you guys think, but uh, yeah, umpiring has been definitely a topic of discussion this year in MLB. But let's move on to some uh, a team that we talked about a couple of weeks ago that was making some headlines. It was a little bit of a surprise: the Cincinnati Reds. Um, until last weekend against the Atlanta Braves, they went on a 12-game win streak. They are currently sitting in first place in the National League Central, which I know is a shitty division, but they're still up there. No one expected the Cincinnati Reds to be even close to being relevant this season. Uh, they are currently winning against the Baltimore Orioles in the sixth and the seventh inning, two to one. They're playing good baseball right now, and they've been playing baseball, good baseball for the, for the last few weeks. Um, you know, I think. I believe it was last week we asked about, I think, about the, the Reds, the Giants, and I don't remember the third team that I asked. Phillies. The Phillies, thank you. About which team you guys thought could sustain the most success. And I don't believe anyone picked the Reds. So I'm going to ask again for the final time for the, <laughs> the season are you in or out on the Cincinnati Reds trading? So fucking out. There's no <laughs> way. Like, congratulations. You got a 12. You got a 12. 12, uh, 12 game, you know, streak. That's fantastic. I'm, I'm not trying to just, you know, winning is winning and that's great. It, you're, you're in a shitty division that helps, but it, again, winning, winning is winning. The problem is, is what's, it's, what's incredible is a lot of the games have been miraculous comebacks. Like they're the comeback team. So then I thought that's a problem because if you're the comeback team solely, especially in baseball, that means you have a problem in the beginning of the game. So let's look at the stats of the starting pitching. 
The starting pitching is fucking terrible. It should not be, they should not be considered starting pitchers. They are the shitty pitchers. SP stands for shitty pitching. Okay. There's that. Now, thank God for the rescue pitch. I mean, the relief pitching. The rest, the, the relief pitchers, the, the, uh, what it was, the arm barn, we call them back, back during the COVID days, uh, um, are rescuing this fucking team. They're saving them. Uh, they're completely bailing out the starting pitching. And, and guess what? Down the stretch, Unless you can address your starting pitching, you're going to get eaten alive when it actually matters. Um, I know that I know that, that you know they're playing meaningful baseball and that these games matter and and you know everything's all fine and dandy. But when the games really start to get a little you know towards crunch time and really start to mean something, you and you cannot you and and you cannot rely on on coming from behind every time. And that seems to be that kind of the case. And I I just think that think that that something's got to give. I think it's great. There's a, it's a young team that's getting some, you know, getting some reps and getting, and, and, and getting some wins and that, and that gels a team. But in terms of longevity, in terms of actually being a legit threat, no, your starting pitching is shitty. It's terrible. Thank God that you have the bullpen that you did, the arm barn that you did, that you do, because that's the only thing saving you. Honestly, they should flip it. The, uh, the, uh, the starters should be, should be the ones we're leaving at this point. Damn. I like it. All right. Train's still out. Alex. What about you? Uh, I'm half in, half out. Ooh. So I agree with trading. The pitching's terrible. They're 27th in ERA. They're 27th in WHIP. They've given up the third most earned runs. That's not a sustainable future or even for the rest of the season. I do think, though, because they're in a shitty division, um, you know, we were obviously all wrong about the Cardinals. You know, you asked us a couple weeks ago if we thought. I said, yeah, I think the Cardinals still have a chance. I've changed my mind. They're out. I think they're dead. Um, so like, I think the, and like the pirates have really fallen off. So I think the reds have a shot. The brewers don't give me a lot of confidence. So I still think the reds kind of have a shot, but they're going to need pitching. I mean, their uh, offense is pretty good. Eighth and runs fourth and OBP 11th and OPS third and walks, which is really surprising for a really young team. And I mean, nine and a ninth in strikeout strikeouts, though, is not, you know, fantastic, but so I'm, I'm, I'm in, I, if they were in any of the West divisions or the East divisions, I'd be out, but because they're in the NL central, I'm six out of 10 in whatever that means. <laughs> 60% in. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to mark you down as in because you're more in than out. Okay. Um, but James, what about you? Uh, last week when we talked about this, I said it was out and I'm going to double down and continue saying that I'm out on the Reds. Like last week, I, my focus of emphasis was Ellie De La Cruz. And I like, he got brought up to the big leagues. It was like a shot of energy for this team. Like this team started doing really well. He got up, he brought, got brought up during the Dodgers series. And then since then they've been winning a ton. Right. And it's almost like in the NHL, when you fire a coach, they start winning. And that's exactly what's happening with the Reds. Except, like I mentioned last week, what tends to happen with these young hitters is that pitchers start to realize what's happening. They get the book on these hitters, and then all of a sudden, they're not doing so hot. Today, um, Ellie De La Cruz has only five hitless games, and two of them have happened in the last two games. It's starting to happen now. When he goes downhill, the rest of the team does too, because that's your energy guy. But like, other than that, let's look at the teams they beat during the 12-game win streak. The Cardinals. Worst team in the NL Central. The Royals. Worst team in the AL Central. The Astros. Yeah, okay, that was a good, that was a good win. That was great. The Colorado Rockies. Worst team in the AL West. 
And three of those teams, three of the four teams I just mentioned, are in the bottom five of the entire league. Cool, they're winning. But I, I need to see better competition. I need to see Eli de, de la Cruz be a better hitter for longer. I need to see these offenses hit better for longer. Until then, I'm out. And that's not going to happen. So I'm going to continue being out. Yeah, that's a fair point. I think I can say, you know, the, the teams that they have beaten on this 12-game win streak, definitely not, not high caliber high caliber other than the uh, Astros and even them they're 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 kind of um dealing with a lot of injuries and not playing at their at their um peak level at the moment either um but guys I I just I got a good feeling I'm gonna be in I mean I'm 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 in on Cincy for no other reason that this division is terrible and you know James you pointed out to you know LED of the cruise how many times have we seen a team that's kind of a young and upcoming team or team that's kind of struggling a little bit and a, a rookie guy just comes in and injects life into a team. Like last year with Adley Rutschman with the Baltimore Orioles is a perfect example. A team that you know no one expected to, to do well. Adley Rutschman gets called up and the Baltimore Orioles just went off the rest of the summer and they almost made the postseason. And they were in the AL East, which is an incredibly, which is a much better division than the NL Central. Um, so obviously the Reds have to win the division to get in because the rest of the National League is a lot better. I think that the, the NL West is a lot better than, than we expected. Um, I think the Phillies are starting to, to play, a lot, play a lot better. The Marlins, for some reason, are good. Um, so I think the National League is going to be tough to beat. Other or The, the Reds path to the postseason, they, they have to win the division. But it's a winnable division, and it, they can definitely do it. Trade and I agree. The pitching is awful. It's not good. It gives me no confidence to like say, yeah, this team's going to do really well in the postseason. They're not, but I think they can make it. You know, and I, I think I think this team's going to be in contention all the way through September. I just do. I, I there's there's a there's a coolness to this team. There's a confidence, a swagger to this team that we haven't seen in that city for a long time. The fans are showing the ballpark. It there, there's a there's a life and an energy to Cincinnati that you cannot ignore right now. And I don't know. I just, I just got a good feeling. I'm so I'm in on on this on the Cincinnati Reds. It's going to be crazy. I don't if 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 they actually make it. But you know, let's let let let's get weird. Let let's just get weird. It's it's a weird season. I'm just going to go with it. So I'm in in on the Reds. Um, so let's move on to my final uh, topic, which is a City Connect jersey that debuted tonight in the city of Pittsburgh. Uh, the the uh, Pirates debuted their City Connect jersey. So I'm going to share my screen with you guys. And we're going to take a look at the Pittsburgh Pirates City Connects. So here they are. Uh, described to paint a word picture for you guys listening. Um, I don't know if you guys were familiar with kind of the 1970s Pittsburgh Pirates, but these are very, very similar what those look like. So bright yellow top, bright yellow hat, black pants, shocker. Every City Connector seems to have black pants nowadays. Uh, and the word on the front lettering is PGH. Which is just the you know the three letter kind of abbreviation for Pittsburgh, I guess more traditionally. I thought it was PIT, but apparently it's PGH. It's kind of like ATL, but I guess it's PGH. So, um, and uh, yeah, so it's like I said, very it's kind of a throwback look to kind of their 1970s look, which was very very popular back in the day, and, and a lot of fans like that, which is pretty cool. Um, a lot of cool textures, you know, to kind of throw back to the Steel City kind of a, a steel texture, the hat and the jersey. If you kind of zoom in a little bit. Um, so yeah, overall, it's a it's a statement jersey for sure. Um, like I said, very 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 bright yellow and 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 black. Uh, they are debuting it tonight against the, the 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 Padres. If you want to go see it in person or see it live on 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 on, on TV, uh, but let's go around the horn and let's get our our grades. James, I'll start with you. What's up with the uh, lighting bolt on the glove? 
I think that's just his batting gloves. I don't think that has anything to do with the actual... Uh, I think that's just the brand of batting gloves he uses. Oh, that's cool. I really enjoy that. But back <laughs> to the jersey. Um, it reminds me of a honeycomb. And I like that. It's pretty clean, man. I, the fact that it has texture actually reflects differently in different light, which is really cool. Um, last week or two weeks ago, last time we did a City Connect, I was like, there's such a thing as too simple. And this is kind of on the border of too simple, yet the texture is what really pushes it above and beyond what simple too simple is. Um, the brightness of the yellow, I think, is going to look great on a baseball field because chances are probably going to be playing a team that's wearing white or black. So, like, it's kind of cool. Like, the black and yellow works. Even though they're black pants, it works, Tyler. Black and yellow is a pretty, like, common compromise that, between the two. Like, they happen often. I enjoy these quite a bit. And the texture, man, I really, really love the texture of that. I'm actually going to give this a 7.5. All right, high score there from James. Um, Alex, what we got? Yeah, so Tyler, I know you don't like the black pants, but as sports fans, we all know every Pittsburgh team is black and yellow. That's the deal. So they couldn't change that, which is fine. I agree with James. I like these a lot. When they when I first saw them, I didn't really know how I felt about them. Um, and then I did watch a little bit of the, the game tonight. Um, and it helps when it's Andrew McCutcheon wearing them because that guy just is cool as shit. So like everything looks good on him. Um, but their helmets, they also have special helmets for these and the yellow fades into the black and it looks tight. So like all these pictures you're showing us just, you know, have the hats. Um, if you go watch the game or go look it up, the helmets look sweet too. Um, I I like the texture. I agree with James. I think the texture just gives it like one step up from if it was just like all yellow and just said the PGH on there, I kind of wish it just said like Berg or something. Cause I think that'd be funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> instead of PGH, like, I don't know if anyone, I've never been to Pittsburgh. I don't know if anyone calls it like the Berg or something, but I, <laughs> we're going to start that. Um, I like these ones. I'm going to agree with James. I just agreed to everything James just said. So I'm going to also give it a 7.5. All right. 7.5 tie there with James. I'm trying to pull up the game if I can even get a live stream by the time this is over. But uh, Traden, what do you got on these? Yeah, I I love the texture. And I think that that's what's really drawing me in. You know, when we were doing the um, the the soccer kits for the World Cup, we we, we all kind of dove into the... To the, to the um, you know, uniforms that had that t- type of texture. And we saw that with a couple of them. And uh, you're seeing that here. And I think that, you know, it, I think James is right. It, it adds, it adds a complexity to a simple design that is enough where it's not overbearing, but it's definitely unique and, you know, draws you in. Um, I don't have an issue with black pants, so I'm not, uh, that's, that's not going to ding, ding yet. I actually really like them. I, I'm going to give them a seven, eight. All right. Seven, eight from Traden. Uh, we all like these a lot. Um, yeah, so you know, everyone knows about me and my black pant um, complaints. Every once in a while, I do think that it does work. And I think in this case, it does work well. Obviously, Pittsburgh is known for their black and yellow uniforms across all their sports teams, which I think is one of the coolest things um, in, in, in sports. And I think, like I said, with these throwback, you know, like I said, back in the seventies, I think I believe they wore black pants with these back, back, back in the time. So it's not like they're doing it for the first time. Um, they were one of the first people to actually be able to pull off some black pants, and they've been doing it for a long, long time. It works here, and it's really good. I, like I said, I love the texture of these jerseys, kind of that that steel, uh, you know, steel city kind of kind of deal. 
uh, the, the, the PGH definitely threw me off at first. I didn't really know what that meant because in my whole life, I thought the three letter abbreviation for Pittsburgh was PIT, um, or even Berg for, you know, for what I was saying. Um, so that one was a little confusing at first, but once I learned that that's the actual general, uh, three letter abbreviation for the city, I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, um, and yeah, the helmets, I wish I had, I could pull them up, but, um, if you guys watch how it's the game tonight, they, they are, they are pretty cool. Hats are great. Um, so yeah, I agree with you guys. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a seven a seven six. I'll kind of split the difference between everybody. Um, I think we're kind of all in agreement on this one, which is rare. I feel like we're all very uh, we two of us hate it and two of us love them usually. So this one we're we're kind of all we're all pretty happy about. So great job Pittsburgh on um, these ones. There, I think it goes without saying these are probably the highest rated uh, probably this season just based on that one. This one and the Cincinnati Reds are probably one two here. So. Um, the, the NL Central, even though it's a shitty division, great city connect jerseys. So good for you guys. But Alex, that, that's what I got for MLB. Awesome. Tyler, thank you so much. Um, I just looked it up. Apparently there are 10 teams that do not have a city connect jersey yet. So we'll obviously have to continue this podcast until all them come out. Um, and then we'll probably just never do this again. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Tyler, thank you very much. Um, we're going to take a quick break and ad may come up. Who knows? Uh, but when we come back, James is going to be talking about football. Welcome back, everyone. James is still scraping at the bottom of the barrel, as they say, while we wait for the football season to start. But James, what, what, do, we, what do we got in, in the football world today? You know, trading earlier was like, I wish I could just take a break from hockey and everything and just chill out. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening in football, and it's making my life so difficult. But today, <laughs> we're going to talk about drugs, kids. We're going to talk about some drugs. And by <laughs> drugs, I mean psychedelics and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers on Aubrey Marcus's podcast, who is a pretty cool guy, is uh, trying to make a push for acceptance of psychedelics. He says that it's helped him become a better player and a better person. He also says that taking ayahuasca with his teammates was radically life-changing, quote, unquote. Success, he had so much success after taking ayahuasca in 2019 that he was like, it's going to be hard to say that it made me worse. Because before 2019 and 2018, he had 26 touchdowns and four interceptions. He took ayahuasca. And then the next season, 48 touchdowns, five interceptions, and an MVP. Did he just get better or was it the drugs talking? You never know. There's also a quote that he said, that, and this is a quote straight from the thing. He says, is it not ironic that things that make that actually expand your mind are illegal and the things that keep in the lower chakras and dumb you down have been legal for centuries? That's a pretty good quote. It makes you really question things, right? So I'm going to push to the guys. What do you think about Aaron Rodgers? What do you think about psychedelics? And what do you think about Aaron Rodgers and psych- psychedelics? Tyler. Big psychedelic guy. What do you think? Yeah, huge psychedelic guy. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. I think the, the the topic of psychedelics has been more and more in kind of the the mainstream media today. There's been more of a push to kind of be a little bit more open minded to it. Um, I don't know if you guys listen. I listened to um, Aaron Rodgers' podcast with Joe Rogan. That whole three hour conversation. They went pretty deep into that subject. So, um, if you really want to kind of expand more on that, um, listen to that podcast. It's very interesting. Um, it, it, it's like psychedelics are, like I said, it's, it's, it's a weird thing. Um, 
and it, the people kind of bring up a lot of good points. I don't really have any personal experience with it, so I can't I can't speak from personal experience. But from what people are saying, I do think that there needs to be a push to maybe be a little bit more open minded to it because it definitely seems to be benefiting a certain population of people in a very positive way, more so than I think other drugs can. Um, so I think it's very interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm certainly open-minded to it having some benefits to uh, certain certain people with certain conditions. Um, it, 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 it seems to be proven that it can help a lot. Um, it, obviously, Aaron Rodgers has been a successful quarterback in the NFL for, for a very long time. Uh, he's, a, he's a funky, weird dude. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's entertaining and it's certainly, he certainly opened the door for this conversation with, you know, obviously his, his status. And I, I, I think it's a good thing. So I think people need to be talking about it more. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely intriguing. I, like I said, I don't really have a, a firm stance on it one way or the other. Um, but I'm definitely intrigued by it. It's very interesting. Um, and I think that there needs to be more conversation surrounding kind of the kind of more of the research and the benefits of what, um, these, these kind of things can, can do for some people. I like that. Uh, given a success, Tyler, do you think ayahuasca or any other psychedelic should be considered a PED? That's a great question. That's that's you know we're opening a kind of Pandora's box into that world, right? Um, and except, I think that's certainly a conversation needs to be had. You know, um, it's <laughs> it could like you know I said like it, it certainly if it if it opens pathways in your brain that allow you to perform at a higher level, technically that's performance enhancing. So I think technically it probably should be. Uh, based on that sound alone, but that you know, there's a lot more. It's a lot more complex than that. But I would say that if you're looking at it from that perspective, it certainly could be classified as that. Yeah, that's a very controversial topic because technically nootropics do too, and those are legal. When uh, I asked you that question, Alex had a very, very thoughtful look on his face. So, Alex, what are your thoughts about ayahuasca, psychedelics, Aaron Rodgers, and the PED thing? I okay, so I'm gonna start with the PED thing because I had not thought about that until you just asked Tyler, and now I'm very 50 <laughs> 50. Because I mean, you think about it like they, you know, like smelling salts or something, you could technically say that like gets your mind more ready for the game or like gets you focused or even like pre workout or something. Um, so I, I think you, I mean, if they, you know, say it's illegal and then you take it, then yeah, that's a PED. But if it's legal, then, you know, so be it. Um, so I'm kind of thinking off the top right here. I'm going to say if it's, if no one says anything and you're comfortable taking it, then go for it. Like, un, unless it is detrimental to your health and you shouldn't be doing that. Um, again, I feel like kind of like Tyler mentioned, maybe get some more, more research on that. Um, Aaron Rodgers has always been kind of a weird, weird guy. And I think as he's aged in his NFL career and maybe got a bigger platform, he's just decided to use that platform to go full, full crazy. I mean, not really full crazy, just like push what he believes. Um, you know, and, and if it is, if it is something that at least that he finds helpful, um, and it, it is not harmful for your body and it is not giving, you know, extra performance enhancing drugs like, you know, like a steroid would do, then I'd say go for it. But um, <clears throat> if he finds benefit in it, you know, there are a lot of things that uh, throughout the years, people have thought had, were negative things. I mean, back in the day, people thought washing your hands was bad and x-rays were bad. And like, you know, x-rays are generally good if you do them in small quantities and you wear, you know, wear protective, you know, clothing and or the little vests or whatever. So 
I don't know. Like I, I think it's fine if, if it works for him and if, and if there's enough research and study behind it, um, then yeah, I mean, what the hell go for it. Okay, cool. Traden, what are your thoughts on this entire saga of things? <laughs> Dude, I don't even know. I, and, <laughs> and the reason I say that is because I'm like, I, I'm probably the, when it comes to this kind of stuff, I'm probably the biggest prude you'll ever meet. I mean, you, you James, you know, probably more than anybody. Uh, the, the, the most crazy I've gotten is just getting completely wasted on a Wednesday night. That's, that's, that's all, that's all I've really done with my life in terms of, uh, dabbling in that. So, um, you know, and everyone's been there, so I'm, I'm no different than anybody else. Uh, at least from a basic level, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm 50, 50 on the PED thing. I mean, I, I think if it's helping him from a, if it's helping him from mental uh, the, the biggest thing for me is the mental health side, which I think is 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 greatly, um, you know, disregarded or it's not at least not regarded enough in in our society. And if it's if if this is an if this is an opportunity to, you know, fund some research or or to get some traction behind something that may help with the with the uh, mental health side of things, that that's a positive. Whether or not it actually improved his game, I I I think the jury's out on that. I don't know. <laughs> I mean. Um, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't, you know, we all know that correlation does not necessarily mean causation. So I'm not sure that the drugs are what caused him to to play so well. I mean, he, he didn't look that great last season. I mean, he looked okay, but he wasn't like the normal Aaron Rodgers, at least that we've seen. Some would say, oh, oh, because he doesn't have the receivers, yada, yada. Well, still, it hasn't stopped him in the past. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> really, you know, I, not that I don't care because I do. It's just that, you know, I... I think this might be an opportunity to have a discourse in terms of in terms of helping it out off of the field. If 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 it's legal and he's and and he's not and it's legal within the game and he's not going to get you know, fined for it or or or, uh, or or asked to stop or anything, then I think that's fine. Um, if it impacts his health negatively on the field, that's on him. He's taking that risk. So I really don't care. Um, and and uh, alternatively, if it helps, then. All the power to him until until they you know ban it or whatever you know whatever. Uh, it is it is cool to see that there are some athletes that are reaching out to to get some information about it. Uh, you know if and, and this might be an opportunity for for the rest of society to to you know try and understand something that may be foreign to them. Uh, you know, kind of what Al, kind of you know bouncing off what Alex said, but um, that, that I mean, I don't really have any unique thought besides that because I'm as prudent as prudent can be. So I don't really have much of a thought there. For everybody out there, Trading did not drink until he turned 21. No, I mean, no, we no. all we all didn't drink until we turned 21. No, neither. Yeah, obviously. Uh, but Trading really waited. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> So that was actually some great discourse, guys. Like, we really kind of delved into it, which is kind of cool. Like, I didn't expect it to be that deep from everybody, which was nice. Um, we're done with drug talk, and there's not much else to really talk about for football. So we're just going to talk about our favorite players to watch on the field on, like, the four key offensive positions. We're going to start with quarterback. Traded, throwing it back to you. Who's your favorite to watch as a quarterback? Yes. So um, this is coming from the guy who has Josh Allen on his keeper league, and he's going to keep him until the end of time, but it's not Josh Allen. Um, it, it is, there's no doubt it's, it's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, but, um, you know, by, by a, by a bit of a margin, but it, you know, it's, it's narrowing a little bit, but there's a bit of a margin. And, and the reason I say that is because it, he, 
he is doing things that, you know, oh, it's it, it's Patrick Mahomes. It, it, it kind of like what we thought about Tom Brady back in his main prime, like, the, you know, the game's never over. Um, you know, that he, he's continuing to make fantastic plays. And James, you and I went to that Chargers game, um, you know, in the middle of the season and the Chargers were up and I'm like, holy shit, we actually might win. And they were, the fourth quarter of the last drive just proved to me that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in this fucking league. What he did to win them that game was textbook perfection. And he does it over and over and over again. And he's, he's dynamic. He's, he's a great interview. Um, he's a good role model. He's, he's everything that you ask for in an athlete. Um, you know, I kind of, I kind of see him as the Steph Curry of the, uh, of, of the, of the, of the, of the NFL. Um, and if we had this conversation about my favorite NBA player to watch aside from Jokic, it's obviously Steph Curry. So. Wow. That was actually a really good comparison. Tyler, who's your favorite? Yeah, it, this was, this was tough. I think if I'm being completely unbiased, I agree with trade. And I think Patrick Mahomes is he's just he's so good he's so good at his craft and he does it in his own kind of unique way um and he's proven you we like to see guys just go out there and be consistent and win a lot um and i, I, I think we we love to celebrate that and patrick mahomes in, in the recent years has, has done that um but i also gotta throw it just throw some love to my boy jalen hurts um because he is an athletic fun quarterback to watch i know you guys don't think he's hot shit. I I call I thought Jalen Hurts was going to be great way before y'all did. Uh, he was an MVP finalist this year for a reason. He you know he's like I said two way. He's 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 made huge strides as a passer. Um, obviously he's not as good as as Mahomes in that area, but he's also super athletic with with with, with his legs. He's fun to watch, and he and he, and he runs a high powered offense in Philadelphia, which everyone loves to see high powered offenses, and he's the center of that. So. Uh, he is definitely one of my favorites to watch. But in terms of like, you know, just pure great quarterback play and the guy that I just respect with the with the highest quality, it's Patty Mahomes, no doubt. Alex, did you pick your best friend? I did not. <laughs> I thought about it and I thought about Patrick Mahomes, but I thought that was a boring answer. So I went with someone who traded no, no disrespect. So I'm surprised <laughs> quarterback in the league. But I went with someone who Tyler has won an MVP and I think it's a slightly better runner than Jalen Hurts when healthy and 50, 50 passing is Lamar Jackson. He is the closest we've seen to like prime Mike Vick before Mike Vick decided to be a piece of shit. And like, and prime Mike Vick was one of the most exciting NFL players to watch of all time. And I think Lamar Jackson is kind of the closest we've seen to that. Maybe a little bit of Cam Newton in his prime as well, but Cam was more of like, rumble tumble instead of like quick speed. Like I think Mike Vick was a little bit. Um, so I went with Lamar Jackson and to give uh, Jalen hurts is great. He's had a lot better weapons around him in his short NFL career, way better than Lamar's had. So I went with Lamar Jackson. I like everyone else's picks. I think they're all, yeah, they're I agree. All I, you guys all had great picks. Um, but I picked Mr. Drug man, Mr. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I really enjoy his very fast release. The guy can throw in any position. Like he can throw flat footed. He can throw sideways. He can do all that. Um, he threads a needle. He can throw it open. He can throw people open. You can't really, like, not all those guys can do that. Like Patty Mahomes has an arm. He's great. Doesn't throw people open. Jalen Hurts, too immature. Not there yet. Lamar Jackson, not the best thrower. But when it comes to pure throwing, Aaron Rodgers, man, that quick release and threads, throws it people open. Incredible. Moving on to running back, Tyler, who you got? 
Uh, running back, I got uh, Derrick Henry, which again is probably another boring answer, but you know, I think, and we talked about it last week, how kind of running backs are kind of tailing off a little bit um, in terms of their value. We're not seeing maybe the kind of high powered running backs as we did, you know, kind of, you know, maybe back in the, you know, early mid two thousands. Um, but I think Derrick Henry currently, you know, he's, he's been doing it for several years now and just the volume and consistency that he does when, when he's healthy is very, very impressive to watch. Um, so I think for me, I got to go Derrick Henry. Alex. I thought about Derrick Henry because when he does break one off, it is really fun to watch like that 99 yard run he had against the Jags or somebody like five years ago. But 80% of it is a little two or three yard, just straight down the line. And that gets a little boring. Um, I really like, uh, I'm going Christian McCaffrey. Um, I mean, he's the most dynamic runner when he's healthy. Um, you know, obviously one of the best pass catching running backs we've ever seen. Um, I really don't like his Jersey colors right now. I really liked it before (laughs) decided to put red and gold on for whatever reason, but, uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, is my pick. That's a great pick. I really enjoy that pick. Uh, better than Derek Henry. That's for sure. (laughs) <laughs> Trading. Um, I do love that pick too. I just didn't want to be too much of a homer because I have a homer pick for later. So uh, I'm gonna... I can guess who that is. Yeah, I know you can. <laughs> um, but mine, I bet you can guess who this one is, James. Um, it's my favorite running back. He's been my favorite running back for years now. And it's Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is my favorite running back to watch. He is just a pure running back, you know, and and, that, and that's what he he's destined to do. Uh, it's funny because he actually had a drop in, you know, performance uh, last season. Uh, but uh, the Browns were struggling last season and he was kind of the highlight of that, of that group. Um, the offensive line started to take a little bit of a nosedive in the second half and he still put up some solid enough numbers. Um, you know, they, they kept him maybe off the field more just because, you know, he's, they don't want to hurt their only viable option on the field. He is, and it, and it's his attitude. And this kind of goes back very similar to, you know, to, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes. I have a soft spot for, for, for athletes that have a, you know, good attitude and, and, and bring something to their team that is more positive, both on and off the field. And that shows in the way he plays. He's determined to, to just push the ball as far as he can. Every single play he's smart. He's, he's athletic. Uh, he's just what a, running back is in my opinion so and that's what i love about it i love how you said nick chubb because i also have nick chubb he is honestly the best pure running back that there is just pure running back not a pass catching guy but a pure running back he doesn't talk much he lets his game speak for itself like have you ever heard a nick chubb interview no nope. i haven't honestly it's just like nick chubb just goes and runs for 300 yards and it's like cool all right I'll see you guys tomorrow like that's that that's what this guy does he can run between tackles he can run the stretch plays he can do everything Big dude, just squatted like 600 pounds, almost broke the bar because he's so goddamn strong, but Nick Chubb is my answer. Moving on to wide receiver, Alex, who's your favorite? Yeah, I went boring here and I went JJ, Justin Jefferson. You know, when he, you know he's the best player on the field and he still catches 15 balls for 200 every game, it's wild. And when it's Kirk Cousins throwing you the ball, so just think if he was had Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or something like that. He'd have 300 yards a game. It's wild. Uh, it's I thought about Tyreek, but I kind of don't like that guy. He's kind of an asshole. So I went with Justin Jefferson. Not that, uh, speaking of people who talk a lot, Justin Jefferson loves talking. It's like his favorite in the world. So, uh, But I went I went with Jefferson. When your game can back up your talk, I'm all for it. If it can't, shut up. Uh, Trade, what do you got? 
Uh, it's it, it, I, I mean, I could have easily picked JJ. I wanted to again. Part, part of the part of the fantasy team. <laughs> um, I'm I'm gonna you know not be a homer in that sense. Um, I I was gonna pick another guy, but I'm actually gonna um, I'm gonna say Jamar Chase. Um, I I love watching Jamar Chase and how, what he's doing with uh, uh you know what he's doing over there with with Joe Burrow, uh, in in the Bengals because simply, uh, you know I, I it's amazing to see how Joe Burrow has has emerged as a very 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 good quarterback mainly because of Jamar Chase's ability to to really help him out and give him give him a chance to to grow himself together they are they're they're becoming a great dynamic duo I know that Jamar Chase took a bit of a you know, took a little bit of a step back from that crazy rookie season, but it's tough, you know, it's tough to back that up. And, um, and it's, it's very, it's very fun to see, you know, a player like that young player, you know, really embrace, uh, you know, his quarterback, his team and, and make, make great plays. Um, and, and it's, and it make incredible plays. And it's just, it's just fun to see, um, how, you know, how effective he is, um, and how effective he can make a, a, a player like Joe Burrow, who we thought, I don't know that he, we thought he was going to be what he is now. And, and that's, and a big part of that is to Jamar Chase. It's a good pick. Tell her who you got. Cooper Cup, man. This dude. Okay. Well, the, <laughs> oh, time out. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you had both JJ and Cooper Cup in your fantasy league and you decided to trade away JJ. Okay, continue. <laughs> yeah. Remind me. This who, is why. Remind me who won fantasy football last year? <laughs> oh yeah, that was one time, man. It was. <laughs> I won. No other reading Cooper Cup on because because he was hurt, and I still won because of that trade. So there you go, GM of the year. Anyway, favorite wide receiver Cooper Cup. I mean, this dude. It, he's just he's so technically great at his position. Obviously, compared to a lot of these other wide receivers, maybe not the most athletic. Um, guy out there, but he is just so smart, and he and he and he just he catches everything. Anything that's thrown his way, it, it, when, when he drops a pass, it's like everyone everyone's jaw drops because you're like, how the fuck did that happen? And it's very very rare when it happens. Um, he he, like I said, he it's just the way he can move and maneuver through defenses is is is, is awesome to watch. And it's like I remember, you know, I mean, the Rams were terrible last year, but when they when they won the Super Bowl. During the Super Bowl, I remember there was there was a period of time where the Bengals were were coming back and the, the Browns were starting on offense because they weren't throwing a Cooper Cup. And I was yelling at TV, just throw it to Cup. It's all you need to do. And that's what they did. They marched down for the game winning touchdown because Cooper Cup caught it, because Cooper Cup is the man. That dude is just incredible. And uh yeah, it's Cooper and I'm excited for him to be back and healthy next year. And he will be. My pick is on nobody's top ten list. My pick is Amon Ross St. Brown of the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. This guy is a slot receiver, but you wouldn't know it. Like, he does everything. His route tree is impeccable. Typically, when you think of a slot receiver, you think slants. But this guy's route tree is so immense, he can run every single route available to you. And he also, his depth of target is 6.7 yards. But he always makes it more than that. This guy has amazing run after the catch. And he's a good dude. He always makes something out of nothing, great separation skills. Amon Ross St. Brown is my pick. And moving on to the last position on offense that we're going to talk about, that's tight end. Traden, you're up first. Who you got? My favorite position in the game. James, I'm sure you already know that here's where the, their homer pick is going to happen. Now, Travis Kelsey is the best offensive tight end in the game. So, done. My favorite tight end to watch is the Shohei Otani of tight ends. He is a an elite blocker. He's an elite offensive threat. Um, and that's George Kittle. George Kittle is an absolute... Re- uh, revelation to watch play uh, play the game um, you know p- play the position of tight end and I don't just say that as an Niners fan because 
it's it's just what he does. He is always part of every single play. He's 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 a very very effective blocker, which is very important. You, tight ends tend to have a have a uh, you know a strength in one or the other. He's almost equally as fantastic on, on both sides, uh, whether he's blocking or he's or he's um, you know catching or he's becoming the pass catcher. And and and, and that is what makes the, the offensive line better. That is what makes the running game better. That is what makes the entire offense of the 49ers that much better because he's a threat on both sides. Um, plus his again, it goes back to his ad. The guy is an absolute, you know, he, he's a lunatic in, a, in the greatest way. He's so fun. He's so happy all the time. I don't even know that you can knock the smile off his face when he's playing football. He is one of them. He genuinely looks like he's, the mo- he's having the most fun playing football of anybody in the entire world every single time he's on the field. And it's just, it just brings a smile to my face. They could be losing by 21 and he's still, all right, guys, let's fucking go. Let's fucking make a play. It, 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 it's, so, it's so great to see. I um I'm so glad you picked him because that's also my pick, and I'm so glad you said all you said because that's pretty much all I was gonna say. <laughs> so everything that he said is what I think. Moving on, Tyler, who you got? It's Kelsey. Um, again, boring pick, but you know the dude. It's just an amazing offensive uh, firepower for you know one of the best offensive uh, teams that we've seen in recent history, and he's a he's a huge part of that. He's a, he's on my fantasy team. Another big reason why I won last year. Um, the, the, the dude just goes off and he's just incredible at, at, at what he does. So champs Kelsey for me, Alex, uh, I refused to pick two Niners. So I did not pick George Kittle and because I knew you and Traden would pick him. So I refused to do it. <laughs> I picked Travis Kelsey also, but my main reasoning is kind of similar to JJ where like, especially last year where you're like, how is he open all the time? It blows my mind. And that's why I find him fun to watch because you know the ball's coming his way and he's still open all the time. And it blows my mind. So I went with Kelsey. I do really like George Kittle, but I, could, I couldn't pick two Niners. So I just couldn't do it. I hear you, man. As a Rams fan, as a true Rams fan, I, I hear you. Um, Tyler on the other hand, I do not. Uh, <laughs> and that uh, that pretty much wraps up my segment here. There wasn't that much to talk about. We, uh, we talked about our favorites and drugs. Not our favorite drugs, but our favorite players and drugs. And I hope you guys enjoyed. That's pretty much it. James, thank you. I know you're you're kind of struggling to find things to talk about. So uh, that was fun. Yeah, it got way more deep than we thought, than we thought it would, but that was fun. Uh, again, we're going to take another quick break and or ad break. I don't know. And uh, Traden's going to take over for me. And we're going to see if he picked easier or harder players based on their career paths. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Traden is taking over the game that I attempted last week. Uh, He's thought it out more than I have. Uh, we got screen sharing going on. Obviously, you can't see that because this is a podcast and you listen to it. Duh. Uh, but okay, Trayton, take it away. All right. Uh, so hopefully I, g- I gave you guys some easier ones. But then again, I don't want to make them so easy that I ruin the game. So <laughs> or break the game in another way. So we're going to here's what we're going to do. We're going to start it. Um, start it off. I'm making sure that I don't have any um, you know hints or anything when I show them the screen. There, It's a blank screen. You can't see it. So um, very similar. If, if you If you're here for the first time, Basically, Alex, um, you know, brought brought us a game that I, I'm going to give a player um, that has played more than, or I'm sorry, who's played with more than four teams in his career, 
and uh, you know that, and then the the respective uh, uh, you know pod, podcast member uh, you know guesses who that player is, and um, and if they suck, then the others have a chance at the very end. So um, we'll get right to it. All right, James, your first one is this player played from 2006 uh, and retired in 2019, played for the Denver Broncos, the Miami Dolphins, the Chicago Bears, the New York Jets, the New York Giants, the Seattle Seahawks, the New Orleans Saints, and the Pittsburgh um, Steelers. I think, now I'm not the biggest football guy, but I think that his most prominent times would have been with the Denver Broncos. But then again, I don't know exactly. (laughs) But this is a journeyman of sorts for sure. Um, and his position is wide receiver. Oh my God. Position wide receiver, played with the Denver Broncos and the Dolphins. Jesus, man. Uh, oh man. I'm trying to think of anything else. Um, he was drafted fourth round. <laughs> that really may not help, but I don't even, I, I don't know. Uh, classical burst. That's wrong. That is so wrong. I have no idea. Um, Brandon Marshall. Oh, Brandon Marshall. I don't know if that's a good one. I don't know if the that Steelers was thing threw me yeah. off. That would have been my guess. <laughs> was oh, it? There you go. Yeah. See, and that's the thing. And that's the thing. Um, and and here's the thing. If I don't know if you can read that, but the star did show that he was like a practice member only. So, or in the off season. So that could have thrown you off. That's why I want to show you guys these visuals so that you can, you know, hopefully that doesn't throw you too much off. But oh, that's good. Um, that was good. Uh, Brent, yeah, so good job, Alex. Marshall is is that uh, okay? Now we are going to go with our baseball round one. Uh, Tyler, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. This one I think is going to be super easy, and I feel bad. Um, this is an active player. Um, started in 2010 and obviously still playing. Uh, started with the Cincinnati Reds. Then the New York uh, Yankees, the Chicago Cubs, back to the New York Yankees and the Kansas City Royals. This is a pitcher. A world is Chapman. Jesus Christ. Yo, See, you nailed it. Way that. too easy. Fucking nailed and it. This, oh. and, and this next one, Alex, I feel bad, James, because this next one I think is going to be easy for uh, for our boy um, Alex. But hey, maybe not. I mean, when I was put on the spot, like I completely just got <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, this one I yeah. think is gonna be too easy. And now that I think about it, it's gonna be way too easy. But hey, you guys gotta start with something easy. Um, here you go, Alex. This is an active player. Started in 2004 and obviously still playing. Started with the oh. 76ers, <laughs> which is what he's most notable for. Uh, the De- uh, the Denver Nuggets, uh, the Golden State Warriors, the Miami Heat, and then back to the Golden State Warriors. Yes. I am pretty sure this is Andre Iguodala. Yes, it is. This is <laughs> way too freaking easy. I, I knew it. Hey. That was round one, so it's going to hopefully get I a little bit lost harder. lost round one. Uh, and, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, James. I kind of set you up for failure on that one. Uh, this one, you may be able to Oh, that doesn't get, sound very confident. <laughs> well, well, we'll see. I, saw, we'll I had see. two wins last um, week and zero wins this week. Oh, my God. Th- th- this player has had a has has is a journeyman, a very big journeyman quarterback, to give you some hints. Started in 2002 and retired in 2020. He started with the Arizona Cardinals, played with the Detroit Lions, the Oakland Raiders, the Miami Dolphins, the Carolina Panthers, the Hartford Colonials, which I didn't even know existed, the San Francisco 49ers, although he was a offseason or a practice squad member at that time, the Chicago Bears, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Cleveland Browns, the New York Jets, the Philadelphia Eagles, and finally with the Houston Texans. He is a quarterback, a journeyman quarterback. 
if James doesn't get this right, I have a guess. It, does his first name start with a J? Yes. Oh man, it's like Josh McCown or Josh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah baby. Buddy. He gets yeah. it. way too good. I was like either Josh McCown or way Josh Johnson. But, oh god, that was a way, tough one. Way to pull that out. That is that is impressive. Um, so maybe 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 they're pretty good ones. Maybe they're pretty good ones. Okay. Um, t- uh, what's his name? Uh, Tyler, this one's going to be a little bit tougher, a bit tougher. Uh, so I, I apologize, but this player started with the Texas Rangers in 1989, um, and ended with the Texas Rangers in 2007. He also played for the Chicago White Sox, the Chicago Cubs, the Baltimore Orioles, and ended with the Texas Rangers. He's probably most no- no- notable for his time with the Cubs. I'm guessing, um, actually more than, more than likely that's what his most notable team is for uh-huh. sure. So what is your guess? Sammy Sosa? He is a right fielder, if that helps. Sammy Sosa? Jesus Christ, Tyler. Janet. <laughs> good job. You're, you're way too good at this. Sammy uh, was a boy when I was a kid. I did a report on that guy in first grade. <laughs> um, I think it was oh, the... I, well, think- I didn't know that. So um, for these last two on the NBA side, and uh, obviously it'll happen in round three. Alex, I got some help from my buddy at work. So okay. um, I, I, these are good ones. I, I, I juggled a few, but this one will be hopefully be a good one for you. Okay. Um, here we go. He's uh, this this oh, guy is still playing. Yeah, I know. Guy's still I know. playing. You know who this is? Yeah, of course. Two thousand eight started with uh, started with the Chicago Bulls in two thousand eight. Uh, went to the New York Knicks. Went to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Went to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Then the the Detroit Pistons, and currently plays for the New York Knicks. Your guess is? Yeah, this is the youngest MVP. Uh, in NBA history, Derrick Rose. Yeah, is correct. That was almost that one was too easy. So, um, <laughs> I, it, it's tough. It's really it's, tough. It is uh, really hard. <laughs> you know, you don't want to you don't want to give like the easiest guy, but you also don't want it to be too uh, too hard either. So, uh, uh, also, I don't know very many players, guys, in, in these other sports. I'm just kind of dabbling. So. All right, James. Here you go. Your final round. This player. Prominently played for the Carolina Panthers, uh, then the Chicago Bears, the Green Bay Packers, and then finally the Carolina Panthers, the Green Bay, Green Bay Packers, and then finally with the Carolina Panthers again. I count this four teams because he had two stints at the same team. He is most notable for his time in Carolina. Oh, I know. Um, he is a defensive end. Oh, man. Jesus. I know who this is. I just can't think of his name. I'm trying to, th- maybe I can help. Um, he was a first round pick, uh, yeah. se- second second pick, first overall, to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, uh, yes, it is. Um, Give me the first one. It's a J as well. <laughs> first, first name or last name? His first name. His last name is not a J. <laughs> if you get this wrong, I want to guess. Okay. Uh, um, he went to college in North Carolina. He also played as an outside linebacker as well. I mean, Julius. Yes. Uh, what's his last name though? My God. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to bail on this one. I'll, I'll give. I'll give you a hint. No, you know what? I'll let Alex. Yeah, I'll let, I'll Alex. let Alex go. I got the first one. Yeah, uh, uh, Julius Peppers, right? That is yeah. correct. Julius Peppers, it is. J- James, I- I'm going to give you it because you knew it. You just did, like you knew the player. You probably even saw his face in yeah. your mind. You just couldn't put the... And it's tough being on the spot. It's tough. I remember him the most as a Packer for some reason. Oh, really? That, that, yeah. that's, the, that's the thing. For, for me, I mean, 
you kind of research these players and, and, and everybody thinks that he's a Panther. And then there's some other players that may, that other people like you that probably, you know, started really watching football at a different time that that's when you saw him play the most. So I mean, that, like that, the Packers and the Niners went back like the NFC championship games. And I was like, Oh, Julius Peppers. Right. My quarterback. All right. The MVP of this freaking game. Um, I need to, we need to give you harder ones, uh, Tyler. Um, cause here you go. Here we go. Started with your Dodgers in 1992, 1993, uh, then went to the Montreal Expos, then the Boston Red Sox, the New York Mets, and finally the Philly, sorry, who? Pedro Martinez. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Alex and James, I'm sorry. I don't know what to do with this guy. Let's go. All right. This, this last one is for you. Um, is for you, Alex. Um, I, I, they're, I I feel dumb. Uh, but here we go. Finally, for you, Alex, started his time in Toronto, played for the Magic, played for the Rockets, played for the Knicks, played for the Pistons, played for the Hawks, then played for the, I think, don't worry about the Eagles. I think that's like a different, that must be some kind of um, subtitle. Um, and then the Spurs back into that, and he retired then in 2013. Probably most notable for his time in... Um, I think the rock, I think it's the Rockets. Yeah. Obviously six years there. Yeah. This is Tracy McGrady. I believe he signed a like one year deal with the Spurs at the end and only played in the playoffs. You are correct. That is, that is Tracy McGrady. He thought my buddy at work thought that this might be a little bit tricky, uh, but clearly it wasn't. I feel was a baller. At the end of the day, I feel really bad for James. I, can't, I dealt him a bit. <laughs> Very tough hand. James I mean, Alex got all of them though. for mine. Alex would have gotten every single one of mine. Yeah. He did He's well. Good. He's good. Would have gotten all the baseball ones too. Those were, yeah. I would have gotten nine for nine in all of these. Well, <laughs> Alex, um, I don't know if you're going to continue doing this, but now you know that you need to give really hard ones to Tyler and really fucking easy ones to me and James. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Well, yeah, Traden, thank you. Yeah, thank you for doing that. Um, I mean, last week, Tyler, did you get you didn't get any of them right? I don't oh, think the first one right. I got uh, Rich Hill right. Oh yeah, you did get Dick Mountain. Yeah. Uh, Trade and you were a struggle. So I'm gonna have to come up. I'll probably do it again next week. Um, and yeah, we'll have to come up with some other ones. But yeah, Trade and thank you so much for taking over for that. And that's the end of the pod, guys. Uh, kind of a funky one today, but um, you know, thank you guys for listening all the way through season three and up into now first episode of season four, episode one fifty four total. Everyone have a great week. Uh, Keep voting for the MLB All-Star Game. That's coming up in in a couple of weeks. And everyone uh, just hope James has more football things to talk about. (laughs) All right. We'll talk to you next time.